right, get your Bibles here if you were to Deuteronomy chapter number uh, 33. Deuteronomy chapter 33. And we're going to read just two verses, but I want you to keep your... Uh, keep your Bibles open there. We're going to come back to it here soon. So Deuteronomy chapter 33. Let's all stand together here for the reading of God's word, please. Deuteronomy chapter number 33. And we're going to read two verses. We're going to read verses 24 and 25. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 24 and 25. And I'd like for us both, uh, to read both those verses, all of us aloud and uh, together. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse number 24. And let's all read that aloud together. Ready? I'm sorry, did I say 24? I said 24, right? I don't know why I thought I said 34. 24, 24 and 25. Let's read it. Ready? And of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren and let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. And uh, I want to preach to you on that last uh, line of verse number 25, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. And so I hope you'll give me a good hearing this morning. Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would bless, uh, if you would, the truth. I think it's a mighty truth. I think every truth in this book is a mighty truth. I think every truth in this book is life-changing. And I believe that every truth here could transform every life if we simply apply it the truth be known, I, I think that our lives should be changed every service. Every service, every time the Word of God is open, we ought to get something that changes our life forever. And I pray that be the case this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. 
That's a good song and a good truth. Let's pray here. Father, would you please bless the uh, preaching of your word now. I pray that you'd use me. I need your help this morning. I can't uh, make a difference at all on my own. But Lord, if you are here, uh, the difference will be made. And if you will get involved, then something will happen. And so we commit this time to you and asking for your hand on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Moses, here in... Chapter 33 is right before he dies. Um, the beginning of chapter 34 of Deuteronomy, we find Moses uh, faces death. Before he dies, though, he uh, prophetically blesses the 12 tribes of Israel. He brings them aside in chapter 33, and he gives them a prophetic blessing of what, they're, uh, what the God's going to do with them and through them uh, in their life. He gets down to the last one there in the tribe of Asher. He says to him, he says to the tribe of Asher that you will dip your feet in oil <laughs> and your shoes will be iron and brass. Um, that uh, talked about your shoes being iron and brass. He was uh, talking about they're going to be warriors. They're going to fight just like uh, the, the, the greaves of brass that the warriors would wear would sh cover their shins and go down over their feet. Uh, uh, the Bible says that Goliath had greaves of brass and they, they covered those armor that went over their shins and down over their feet. And, and that's what the Lord was talking about, I believe, here. He said, you're going to wear those iron and brass shoes and you're going to fight uh, battles uh, with your life. You're going to be warriors. And, but then he said, but as your days so shall your strength be. Uh, the warriors that carried those greaves of brass or iron over them uh, and, and they fought those battles, uh, there was a lot of hardship that went with that lifestyle. A lot of loss, a lot of death, a lot of vagabond type of living, if you will. And, uh, but God made sure to let them know that though you will be a warrior, as your days so shall your strength be. Um, as you go through this life, and as we fight these battles, he was saying that God said the strength will be there every day that you need it. You know, we live in a world of woe. We live in a world of trial, and a world of, of, of burdens, and a, a world of heartache and trouble. Matter of fact, Job said this. Job said, man's days are few, and full of trouble. Now, does that, does that sum up our life or what? Man's days are few and full of trouble. You know, younger folk, they don't understand it. You teenagers, and, and I thought the same way, you know, as 15, 13, 14, you know, we're thinking, ah, I'll live forever. You know, they, oh, 50 years, that's old. That's a long time down the road. But you know, as you get older, you look back and say, uh, that didn't take very long. You know, when we were kids and summer break came, it seemed like a long time. Now, summer break is just a, just a, a, just a, a few months and it's gone and just a, such a short amount of time. And, and just a few more months and we have another Christmas and, and just a few more months and we, we embark upon a new year and life just, life actually speeds up the older you get. It just goes faster and faster. And God, Job said this, he said, man's days are, are, are few 
and they're full of trouble. The heartache and the battles that surround each of us daily are amazing. We have car accidents. We have illness. We have bitterness. We have cancers. We have persecution. There's financial worry. There's kids that are, are going wayward. Uh, there's friends who turn on us. Uh, there's just the battles and the burdens that we face are one after another. And I don't know if it's this way with you, but it's this way with me. As soon as you overcome one thing, you turn around and there's another one. Am I the only one? Or does that happen to you too? Raise your hand. Does that happen to you too? Okay, good. I'm glad to know there's not something wrong with me. Um, but it seems like as soon as you get it, you're like, there. It's, my life is, it's all taken. All the problems are gone. Then the phone rings. I mean, I'm not talking about three days later. I'm talking about 30 minutes later. And you enjoy that 30 minutes of rest of saying, I have no problems right now. But then somebody knocks on the door. Uh, then you get a message or an email or a text or something. And it just, it, the Bible says, uh, uh, David said this, it's like billows from the sea that just keep coming one wave after another and one wave after another. They never stop and they won't stop, listen, until we die. That's when the problems are ended. That's when they're over. And we have all these burdens, but, but wait a minute. We, we, we take and we add Christianity as Christians uh, to this burden. If we have these problems, and as Christians, we have more problems. Because now we're not just fighting the natural, normal realm of the problems of the world. Now we have Satan himself attacking us. Satan himself trying to drag us down. Satan himself and the demons of hell trying to get a hold of us and pull us away from God and pull us away from right and to afflict us. See, once you got saved, the devil lost your soul. Amen? That's good stuff there. Thank God for that. When you got saved, the devil lost your soul. But he can still try to capture your life. So he knows that maybe I can't get his soul, but I can still get his spirit. I can still get him down. I can still discourage him. I can still depress him. I can still get him to turn his back on God. And Satan turns his arsenal to trying to attack us through all kinds of other things in this world. And so we're hated of all men for Christ's sake, the Bible says. But there comes a great promise of God with all the heartaches of this world, all the trials of the, 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 the devil's attacks of the Christian. There comes a great promise of God. As thy days so shall thy strength be. Boy, that's good. You know, uh, Asher, don't worry about it. I know I just can imagine Asher here. Take your Bibles, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 33. All right, go back to, uh, uh, we'll just look at a few of these here in verse 7, but there's 12 tribes of Israel. And God's going through each tribe one by one. He's he names the tribe and said, this is what's going to happen with you. Here's your blessing. Here's what you're going to get. He starts off, look at verse number 7, you know, and this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him into his people, and let his hands be sufficient for him, that, uh, and, and be thou a help to him from his enemies. Well, that's a pretty good prophecy. God's hand will be with me and help me for my enemy. I think Judah walked away and said, I'm good with that. I like that blessing. I'll look at verse 12, and we'll just skip a few here. But verse 12, and Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him. And the Lord shall cover him all day long and shall dwell between his shoulders. Wow. God's going to be right there and take care of us and bless us. That's wonderful. Look at verse number 13. And to Joseph he said, Blessed of the Lord be his land. 
for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that, that uh, coucheth beneath. And for the precious fruits brought before the, uh, by the sun and for the precious things put forth by the moon and for the chief things of the ancient mountains and for the precious things, the lasting hills and for the precious things of the earth and the fullness thereof and for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the, in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph. Man, boy, these are getting, I mean, it seems like they just keep getting better. Go to, go to, go to verse number 18. And of Zebulun. He said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in thy going out, and Issachar, in thy, in thy tents. They shall uh, call the people unto the mountain, and they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, and they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and the treasures hid in the sand. Man, what a blessing. Go down to uh, verse number 21, or verse, number, um, verse number 20. And Gad, he said, blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm of the crown of his head. And he provided the first part for himself before there and apportioned the lawgiver. And he was seated and came with the heads of the people and executed the justice of the Lord and the judgment of Israel. Man, go down to verse number 23. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor, full of the blessings of the Lord. Possess thou the west and the south. I mean, we've gone through the 12 tribes of Israel, one after one. They just seem like they were just getting better and better. You'll be abundant. You'll be blessed. You'll dwell in safety. Your enemies will be subjected to you. And God's going to give to you. And God's going to bless you. And he comes down to Asher. I imagine Asher was excited. I imagine Asher was thinking, man, I wonder what blessing I'm going to get. I wonder what God's going to give me. What is the prophecy? What is Moses going to lay on me? What does he have for me? Asher, you're going to wear shoes of iron and you're going to battle your whole life. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. <laughs> you know, everybody else got a pretty nice blessing and I'm going to fight the rest of my life. But then I love how he ended it. But don't worry, Asher. Don't worry. For as your days, so shall your strength be. Amen. As your days, so shall your strength be. You see, uh, a, a couple months ago, we were downstairs, and uh, I think we were having a work night or something. I can't remember what it was, and, and we, uh, I think I ordered pizza for everybody, and, and uh, Michael, uh, Michael O'Connor, I asked him to pray. And so he prayed for the food. And when he prayed, in his prayer, he said this. I don't think he even thanked God for the food, to be honest with you, but in his prayer, he said this. He said, Lord, you don't give big trials to the weak. You give big trials to the strong. And when he said that, I pulled out my piece of paper and a pen, and while he was praying, I wrote that statement down. And my mind immediately went back to Asher. And I thought, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. For the Lord does not give, get this, the Lord does not give big trials to the weak. He gives big trials to the strong. I mean, we do the same thing today. We don't, we don't give a big job or a big task or a big burden to somebody who can't handle it. We find the, 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 the strong and we give the big jobs to the strong. We find the, we find the big guy when we need help. When I was in, when I was in high school, we, had a, uh, we, 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 would, we would do this thing and we would go out and, and uh, get somebody's car and we'd pick their car up and turn it sideways in the parking lot. 
So they're stuck between two cars. And uh, we'd go out during lunch, and, and we'd, we'd get uh, six or eight of us, and we'd find a little car. We'd all go out there, and we'd literally pick the car up and turn the car and put it down so the guy couldn't get out. And, uh, you know, one of those good Christian things you do as a teenager. And, uh, but, you know, when we wanted to do that, I didn't, get, I, didn't pick on my, I didn't get my friend Albert to come out. Because Albert was only about this tall, and he, and he had arms about that big around, and Albert was just a little skinny wimp. We didn't ask Albert to come help us. Who did we look for? We looked for the big guys. Why? We got a big job to do. And God, when God has a big job to do, and when God has a big trial to lay on somebody, he does not lay the big trials on the weak. He lays a big trial on the strong. And today, if we were to look around Aurora Baptist Church, there's many burdens in this room. Many burdens. There's many burdens from Miss Robin in a wheelchair to... Ms. Clark and the cancer awareness that we're facing to abuse, to financial hardships, to the loss of a loved one. I think of the Dickerson family as Sabina's not doing well and, and we're not by no means pronouncing death on her, but, but she's 89 and they know the time is coming. Those that are facing family battles and struggles, legal trouble, business troubles, uh, parents that are passing, infidelity that's entered the home, and the list could go on and on. If we were to go through here today and, and go one by one, I think everybody in this room could say, I'm having a heartache today. Everybody in this room could say, I have a trouble today. I know I've said it so many times, but I don't know of a greater illustration than, than the, the, the preacher that had the radio station. And every day he got on there and did a 30-minute radio uh, broadcast. I think he called it the pastor's study. And he would uh, uh, teach a little lesson from the Bible and, and talk to people on the radio. And then when he ended, his, ended his, uh, his, his radio broadcast, the last thing he said before he went off the air was, be good to everybody because everybody's having a tough time. Be good to everybody because everybody's having a tough time. Behind every face, there's a broken heart. Behind every face, there's a broken heart. But God said, don't worry. As your days, so shall your strength be. As your days, so shall your strength be. I want to give you seven things. I think I have seven things this morning. Number one, your days will never override your strength. Wherever your strength is, your days will never override that strength. He said, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. See, God promises us that, yes, we may enter the fire, but you're not going to get burned. And you may enter the river, but it's not going to overflow you. And you might enter the trial, but the trial will not conquer you. My grace is sufficient for thee, is what he said. Whatever your days bring, your strength will, will, will be there to overcome the trial that you're facing. Now, now I'm gonna, this is a whole other sermon, but I'm just going to mention it right now. I may preach a whole sermon on this someday. But there's a, there's a teaching going around that's a false teaching. There's a teaching that goes around that says this, God will never put on you more than you can handle. I don't think that's a true teaching. I don't think that's even scriptural. I think we get that from that one verse that says there's no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful and he'll provide a way of escape. See, but it does not say that we won't face things that are not too big for us. Uh, that's not true. We do face things that are too big for us. 
I'm sorry, little David faced great big Goliath. Goliath was too big for David. Moses faced the Red Sea. That Red Sea was too big for Moses. Uh, the, the list could go on and on. We do face things that are too big for us, but here's the thing. They're too big for you. They're too big for you. You can't handle it. But with God, all things are possible. So what God is saying, yes, you may face a trial and it's too big for you, but hey, run to God and run to the Word of God and run to the God of heaven that can do great and mighty things and nothing shall be impossible unto you. All things are possible and we have all the strength of God and God's grace is sufficient for us. Boy, that's why it's so important that we stay close to God. It's so important that we keep our walk with God. It's so important that we are in tune with God. It's so important that we are, we know God and we're right with God because the day will come when a trial will come your way and that trial is too big for you and you will need God and fall into trials and temptation. Uh, but your days will never override your strength. But number two, your strength will never override your days. Follow me. He said, your, your, your days will never override your strength. But your strength will never override your days. God does not give us strength without a place to use the strength. Hear me now. God does not give us strength without a place to use the strength. As your days, so shall your strength be. 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 Whatever your day that's where your strength is going to be. Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when? Anybody know? In time of need. Not grace to help before the time of need. Not grace to help after the time of need. But grace to help in. The time of need. God's grace comes through the moment we need it. God's grace is there in the struggle, in the battle, in the problem, in the trial. It's right there. How often do we look at somebody else and what they're going through? We say, man, there's no way I can handle that. There's no way I can go through that trial. Boy, look what they're facing. There's no way I can struggle. There's no way I can handle that. And you're right. Right now, you could not handle that. But if that trial came your way, your, your strength will meet your day and God's grace is sufficient and you will find help in the time of need. See, your strength will never override your day, but your day will never override your strength. As your day, so will your strength be. As much as your day brings forth, God will give you the grace and the strength to get through that day and they'll always remain equal. Number three. If you are weak, listen now, if you are weak, you may have small trials, but handle them well. Your trial, listen, this is, I hope I'm not going to be confusing on this. Your trial might be small to somebody else, but to you, your trial is big. So if you have a, what somebody else may call a small trial, that's a big trial to you. So handle your trial correctly. I don't care what the, what the trial is, God's strength will be there to fix it. Whether it be big or small, your strength will be right there. But it, your trial is just as real to you as my trial is to me. 
And so it doesn't matter if your trial seems heavier or your trial seems lighter. To me, my trial is just as real as your trial is to you. And so your burden is just as heavy to you as my burden is heavy to me. And so if you are in that trial, bear your trial and do it correctly and do it the right way for God's strength is sufficient. See, your trial, you may think, well, my trial is not very big. It is to you. See, uh, uh, it's just as uh, we, we look at uh, uh, young people, young people, they're crying. Some, some teen boy crying. Well, what's wrong? My girlfriend just broke up with me. He's 13. They've been dating for two weeks. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. And they're crying. And, then, and what do we do? Oh, it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God knows what he's doing, you know. And inside, what are you doing? You idiot. You're so stupid. My goodness, are you serious? You're crying about that? What in the world? I cannot believe this. I'll never forget, we had to give a goldfish a few couple years ago. We gave a goldfish on the bus route. Melody got her goldfish and brought it home. Well, the goldfish didn't make it. I, she said, Daddy, my goldfish is sleeping. It's upside down. I said, don't wake him. He's sleeping. And that didn't work. And uh, goldfish died. Melody cried for two days. Did she not? She cried for two days with a stupid goldfish. We went into the bathroom. I got my Bible. We went in the bathroom. We all gathered around, and we had a funeral service for a goldfish. I read verses. We prayed. We placed him in the eternal watery grave and buried him. And uh, down he went. And, uh, you know, now, to me, inside, I'm saying, it's a stupid goldfish, Melody. I ate one alive Sunday. And you're worried about this thing. But wait a minute. That was just as burdensome to her as if, my own kid died. See, her trial was not small to her. It was big to her. And your trial is not small to you. It's big to you. It does not matter how somebody else views your trial. Your trial is big to you. Now handle your trial right and do it the right way. Hey, if somebody hurts your feelings, handle it like a champ. If somebody mocks you at work, handle it like a godly Christian. If somebody, if somebody steals something from you, stand up like a, like a young lady or a young man of God and say, I'll handle this the right way and overcome your trial. Why? Number four. Number four. If you can't handle the little trials, God will never give you a big trial. <laughs> so all of us right now say, good. Sounds like a good reason not to handle my little trial. Who wants a big trial, right? Uh, uh, if you can't handle a little trial, then God will never trust you with a big trial. Proverbs 24.10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So that means if you can't handle, the preacher came by and picked on you a little. Stand up. Derek's standing here. Derek, first of all, Derek came to church today. I want us all to give him a hand, shall we? Thank you. And um, so Derek, Derek's in church, in Sunday school. And I was taking attendance. I was like, Derek, and Derek's here. And I said, uh, what did I say? It's about time or something like that? Yeah. Finally? You never come to church? What's the matter with you? He did something like that. And uh, I said, somebody, and he smiled. I'm here today. Now, wait a minute. He could have got upset with the preacher for picking on him. But he handled it right. Then we're all standing up a minute ago, shaking hands. And we get done, and we're on the last verse. And, and I came up here, and he thought I was going to shake his hand. And said, I went like that. And pushed him down. You're supposed to fall. And uh, pushed him down on the pew. Now, he could get upset with that. Or he could handle the little trial correctly. Because if God, if he can handle a little trial, then God will give him a bigger trial to handle. So now he may go out soul winning and somebody shut the door in his face. 
but he's learning how to handle trials correctly. Uh, 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 this means that, um, uh, uh, um, okay, go to, go to Jeremiah. Go ahead and take your Bibles to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. If we don't handle our little trials, by the way, we won't be as close to God as we want to be. Because the Bible says there's something called the fellowship of his suffering. That means we get closer to God when we suffer because the Lord Jesus Christ suffered and we can understand him better. Jeremiah chapter, 20, uh, chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12. And look at verse number, verse number 5. Jeremiah chapter 12 verse 5. If thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? See, if we don't handle the little trials, then God will not trust us with a big trial. When God has given you strength for your little trial, now we can handle that little trial right, and it opens the door for a bigger trial for us to handle. Number five, as we go through these trials... God will increase our strength and increase our faith for the next trial. Are you with me today? Somebody say amen. Let's just sit there. If God, if God will increase your strength and your faith to handle the next trial. Looking back, the things that were big years ago are minor. They're so little. They mean nothing. Why? Because God strengthened us and strengthened our faith. So we look back, you remember what you know what it's like when you're a kid and you're going to the grocery, you're going to the store and you want to get a candy bar and you need 50 cents. Or actually, you need about, about $3, I think, today. When I was a kid, you get candy bars for 25 cents. And uh, you go to the store and you need 50 cents. I remember what it was like riding my bike to the store, walking around the outside of the store looking for change, uh, going all around. I'd spend three or four hours trying to find 50 cents and change to go buy one candy bar. I mean, that was my problem. That was my dilemma. Those were the things I worried about. Years ago, you had pop bottles, the... 20-ounce uh, 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 Pepsi can pop bottles. And if you unscrew the lid, um, they used to have a game that you would, uh, the inside of the lid would give you a prize. And every once in a while, you'd get one that said free Pepsi. How many remember that? You got a free soda, right? I remember that, right? Well, you know, I don't know if you did it, but I did it as a kid. We'd go to the store, and we'd go in the, the dear old lady. It was the little corner store, and she, uh, oh, thank you. See, my little problem has been solved. Thank you. And thank you. And this is cold, too. Amen. And so we, um, so we, we would, uh, no lady, she was just an old lady. She ended up getting stabbed, I think, 18 times, if I remember correctly. Somebody robbed her and stabbed her 18 times in the hospital for months. She lived and came back to the corner store. But anyway, she, um, she knew what we were doing. She wasn't stupid. We thought she was stupid, but she wasn't. And we'd go back there, we'd go back and we'd get the sodas out. And what we do? <laughs> and and you, you just enough air in there, you could tilt it. Nope, that's not one. Get another one out. And we go through all the sodas. Ah, I got one. We go up there and we turn in our cap, get another one, open it up, give it to our friend. He can go back there and get one. <laughs> Ain't nobody in the whole city of North Pole got a free soda but us. We got them all. And, uh, you know, but those are our worries, our fear. 
Our great fear was, what if I didn't see it right and I open it up and it's not a free soda? Then what are we going to do? See, those were the dilemmas they get to college. I need five bucks. Just five dollars. That's all I need. Five bucks to get gas. I just got to get to work. I got to find five dollars somewhere. That was the worry. And then the, as, as time grows, then pretty soon the worry becomes, I, I need $100. I got to find $100 somewhere. I, got, I, got, I can't believe it. I got to take care of a bill, $100. Would God, my bills were only $100 today. And uh, boy, we, and, then, and then as time goes, we need $1,000. Boy, that's a big deal. And as time goes, it gets bigger and bigger. If I had $10 billion today, I could spend it by morning, I guarantee you. And uh, I mean, but the, what happens? We grow. But just like we grow there, God grows your faith. And God grows, God grows your strength. And so you start off with a small burden. And you start off with, I got homework to do. How am I getting my homework done? And we stress and we worry. Am I going to pass this test? Am I going to get a decent grade? Am I going to be able to graduate with something besides a D? I can, oh, and we worry over that. And then what happens? We, we get through school maybe. And, and now we come up to, uh, I remember losing my dog as a kid. Biggest problem I had. Lost my dog. Oh, man, what's the dog I picked up by the pound? What am I going to do? How am I going to get him out? I'm going to be in trouble. Where's my dog? And cry and then pray and and begging God to bring my dog back. Now I'm begging God my dog goes away. And then uh, your car, then you get a bigger trial and your car breaks down. And then pretty soon you get a, a bigger trial and, and uh, you, uh, uh, you, you maybe somebody's mad at you. One person's mad at you. And then a bigger trial and, and you have children and, and, and they're going, breaking your heart. I'm just saying the trials get bigger. Why? Because as your days, so shall your strength be. God brought you through a little trial and gave you a bigger trial and a bigger trial and a bigger trial and he wants to increase your faith and increase your strength because there's another trial coming next week and God wants you to have the strength to handle it and as thy days so shall thy strength be next of all and here's the sermon the bigger your trial the more strength God says you have the bigger the trial the more strength God says you have. You don't give big trials to the weak. You give big trials to the strong. Do you know why Joseph went through all he went through in the Bible? Why Joseph went through being mocked by and hated by his brothers? And then he went through being sold into slavery. Then he went through about 13 years of, of false accusations and spending time in prison. And, and why, why did Joseph go through all of that? Because God knew I need somebody that can deliver Israel from a famine that's coming years from now. And Joseph has the strength to do it. If that doesn't excite you, something's wrong with you. God gives bigger trials to those that have more strength. And if he gives you a trial, it's because you have the strength to bear it. What Paul said, Paul said, I have a thorn in the flesh. That's proof that he was married. And so, he had a thorn. Well, don't look back there. Don't look back there. And uh, note to self, don't look in the back. And uh, uh, he said, I have a, a thorn in the flesh. He has a burden. And I came to God three times and said, Lord, would you please remove it? And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, I believe you have what it takes to bear the thorn. I trusted you. Listen, get this. I trusted you with that thorn. 
Look at John. John, God, God wants somebody to write the book of Revelation, but he can't just use anybody. So he takes the apostle John and puts him through some great tribulation. They say that he was boiled in a cauldron of oil and survived the boiling. And with his body completely blistered and burned and third degree burns all over him, they take him out and they drop him off on a barren island where they put criminals on the island of Patmos. And there, this poor, half-dead man, he turns is in the spirit on the Lord. Lord's day and looks up to heaven and starts praising God and God said yes you have the strength to handle it write these words down that I give you because he gives great strength or gives great trials to the strong look at Job look at Job look at all that Job went through Job lost everything. There's nobody here that's ever been through anything like Job went through. Job, the, the richest man in the East, the best Christian in the world, the Bible says. And here he lost everything, thousands and thousands and thousands of animals and, and buildings and barns and fields and all of his children. He lost everything. And he went through that great trial. Why? Because God knew he had the strength to handle that trial. So the burden that God has given to you, I don't know what it is. I don't know how big it is or how small it is. I don't know if it's simply that you have a, 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 a boyfriend that broke up with you. I'll tell you, do you want me, do you want me to, I'm going to tell you girls something. I'm going to tell you how to keep your boyfriend from ever breaking up with you. You ready? If you want, as a teenager, to never have a boyfriend break up with you, I'm going to tell you how. Do you have a piece of paper? Well, write this down if you want to write it down. All right then. This is how you keep your boyfriend from never breaking up with you as a teenager. You ready? You ready? Don't have a boyfriend. I just saved you a world of heartache and a fountain of tears. And, uh, and guys, you teen guys, guess what? i tell you how to keep that girl from never breaking up with you. Don't have a girl. You don't need a girlfriend at 13 years old. You don't need a girlfriend at 14. Listen, right now you work on school and your walk with God. That's all you worry about right now. When you hit 16, 17, 18 years old, and you're interested, then you come see me and your parents, and we'll talk about maybe uh, arranging the right marriage. Um, but until then, you don't need one. Whatever your burden is that God gave you, did God give you an illness? It's because God knew you had the strength to bear that illness. Did God give you a, 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 a opposition at your job? It's because God knew you could handle the opposition on your job. Did God give you uh, uh, some sort of a heavy burden that you have to bear? They took the cross and they put it. Uh, they found a man named Simon of Cyrene and grabbed him and said, you come, you carry the cross of Jesus. Why? Because he could. Because he could. I'm saying that the bigger your trial, the more strength that God says you have. Last of all, listen carefully. It is an honor to have a trial. It's an honor to have a trial. You ever notice this? I, I read the poem. I thought I read it in church. Maybe I just read it to one of my kids. But uh, there's a poem that talks about if you want to get a job done, you give it to a busy man. You know, some of you guys, you go to work and this, 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 is, what you, this is what you do. You complain when your boss comes to you and gives you another responsibility. Uh, that's not something to complain about. That's an honor. When, the, when a job needs to get done and the boss calls you up and says, can you take care of this? Your outlook should not be, why don't I always come to me? Why don't I always got to do it? Why don't you always come to me? No, your outlook ought to be, yes, sir. He believes in me. He believes in me. 
The truth is, there's some people I wouldn't even bother going to to ask them to do something. Because why would I want to go through the headache of com their complaining, checking up on them to see if it doesn't get done, to see if it doesn't right, go back and redo it myself? Why would I go through all that? But there's some people I know, if I could just, I'll just call this person, because if I call them, I know it's going to get done and get done right. There, nobody, there's nobody in the church, some other, other people, but uh, I'm just kidding. And, uh, but wait a minute, God does the same thing. Why am I going to, I'm not going to put a trial on somebody I don't trust to carry the trial. I will give more burden and more responsibility to somebody that will stay faithful, somebody that will stay true, somebody that will stay right, somebody that will not quit. There's people that God gives you a little trial, a little thing, and your, your strength is small, and you fail in the day of adversity, and you give up, and you quit on God, and you never graduate from the, from the a school of suffering, and you ruin the future that God had for you in a greater trial that God trusted you with. But then there's those that go through valleys, and they come out the other side, and they get their diploma, and God said, congratulations, you got your diploma. And with a great smile, they carry it. And they say, now what? And God says, college. Do it again. You see, God trusted you with a trial. And it's an honor to have that trial. God trusted you with those children. God trusted you with a special needs child. God trusted you with a broken heart. God trusted you with somebody wronging you. God trusted you with somebody hurting you. Why? To grow you and to be an example. And I think it goes further than that because this life is not about you and it's not about me. This life has nothing to do with us. This entire life is a battle between God and Satan. You're just the playing field. And as Satan and God are going through this battle, listen, I wonder how often in this fight you become the playing field and you score points for the right team. Take your Bibles and go to Job chapter 1, and I'll be done. Job chapter 1. Why are you writing in my Bible again? I don't write in my Bible. Write in your Bible. Uh, Job, Job chapter 1. It's my cross. I'll bear it. Um, Job chapter 1. Look at verse 7. <laughs> verse number 7. Follow the story now, okay? I want you to, don't, don't, don't fall asleep. Stay awake. Follow me. Job chapter 1, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord. He said, well, I'm going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. What's he doing? He's looking for somebody. He's looking for something. Verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, get this, I love this. Hast thou considered my servant Job? There's none like him. You're the playing field. What are you doing, Satan? I'm going to and fro throughout the earth. I'm looking for somebody. I'm going to win this battle between you and me, God. Don't think you're somebody special. I'll win this battle. Good. Have you tried Job? There's none like him. In all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Verse 9, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear thee for naught? 
Hast, hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side and he blessed the work of his hands and the substance is increased in the land? Of course, of course there's none like Job. He has everything he could ever want and God, you protected him. Of course he's going to serve you. Verse 11. But put forth now thine hand and, he, and touch all that he hath. He will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day, <clears throat> sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell on them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came another. And said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven. And hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and they fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants of the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell, and the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Look what Job said. This is how, this is how we're supposed to handle a trial. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I dare say, you know, one of us in this room would have done that. I probably could not have not charged God foolishly. I could not have gone through all that without sinning. Imagine, here it is, listen. Satan versus God. And Satan's looking for somebody to afflict. And God says, I'll tell you what, I'll bring up one of my prized possessions. Let me bring Job up before you. There he is. There's none like him. Has his days, so shall his strength be. He won't turn his back on me. I know Job, and I'm gonna, I will trust him with whatever you bring. Satan says, yeah, but, but, but he, he serves you because of how good you are to him. Look at all you have done for him. Of course he's going to serve you. And God said, fine, I'll take my hand away. Do whatever you want to him. I believe in Job. Satan comes in and destroys everything in his life and kills it all, destroys it all. And Job remains strong and right. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. And he never sinned in all of that. Now go to chapter 2. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan said, Oh, I'm going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Sound familiar? Verse 3, and the Lord said unto him, get this, hast thou considered my servant Job? <laughs> There's none like him in all the earth, 
a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, though thou movest me against him without cause. This is what he said. He said back in the, the chapter before when Satan fed him, he, Satan came, he said, hast thou tried my servant Job? There's none like him. Satan comes in, takes everything, destroys him, puts him through a major trial, and Job never even found out why the trial was there. He went through the burden, and though he sits there on a pile of burning ashes, and his life is a mess, and he has nothing to show for it, Satan comes back to God, and God says again, Hast thou tried my servant Job? There's none like him. Hey, the point system, one for God, zero for Satan. Because why? He was trusted with a trial. Just as much as you and I were trusted with trials that God brings our way, when he has trusted you with a smile, it, uh, with a trial, it doesn't matter if it's large or small. As your days, so shall your strength be. It's a great honor to have a trial. Let's make sure we don't let God down in our trial. Let's bow our heads together this morning, please.